You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Hector and the search for happiness. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am dandy, sir. Just dandy. How about good. yourself? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm on the search for happiness, and hopefully by the end of the podcast, I will find happiness. It's all <laughs> of him. All right. We also have DP <laughs> Mike Griggs. Hello. Hey, what's up, buddy? We also have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. And we are talking Hector and the Search for Happiness. I've never seen this movie before. Have you guys seen this film before? Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Everybody had seen this before but me? This yes. is like third or fourth time at least, I think. Yeah. All right. Now I had I forgotten like... that I'd seen it before uh, until I started watching it. <laughs> That's <laughs> not usually a good sign. I forgot that I had seen it, too, until we were talking about it. Damn. I mean, this was a this was like a flew under the radar. Nobody saw this movie. Oh, yeah. Kind of. uh, can we talk yeah. about how nobody saw this movie? Uh, <laughs> like, Worldwide Gross was, uh, what was this, 6.3 million. That's it. For the Man, whole that's... world. Jeez. And you would think that, uh, that Simon Pegg would be able to pull more than that. Yeah, but... He's just not that funny in this, so it didn't work. It was pretty funny. Like, I'd rather watch any of his other movies. You know what I mean? No, I like this movie. I, I, I like this movie, too. <laughs> I'm not hating on it. I'm saying in terms of, like, what's funnier is, is his oh, other oh. movies. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. This one's yeah, more about that's, feels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, like, that's why he didn't pull anything in is because this is not his typical movie. So his typical audience isn't going to go. Yeah. It also made me realize that, like, Rosamund Pike, every time I see her, I immediately think of Gone Girl. And the Oh, my God. Yes. The first time she yes. shows up on screen choking Simon Pegg, I was just like, well, wait a minute. I thought this was yay <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck is going on here? 
yep, yep. I definitely saw this after seeing Gone Girl, and I was like, I I don't know how I feel about Rosamund Pike in this. Like, I just completely mistrust her whole character. I don't know what's going on. I had the feeling the whole time. I haven't seen Gone Girl, but uh, I like I um, <laughs> I I didn't trust her the whole movie. I think they they play that that way. Did, did anybody else feel that with her character? Yeah, I have not seen Gone Girl, but I also did not trust the character. But I think they do that on purpose so that you don't feel bad when Simon Pegg cheats on her and like tries to rekindle his relationship with somebody else. And you're like, well, but she's shady, so like she's probably cheating on him too. Yeah, because there's there's like a shot where like uh, it's it's when the um, satellite dish falls off the the roof and they get cut off. It's like she's like looking past the camera at someone else is in the room with her. Like she's cheating. Right. That's, I think they did that on purpose because that way, you know, you, yeah, you, you don't feel bad for her. You, you don't like, you don't, yeah, you don't feel anything for her. You're just like, oh, well, maybe they don't have a good relationship, so it's fine. <laughs> well, she did say, if you're going to do this, do it, you know, do it to yeah. the fullest. Yeah, I don't think that's what that means. When people in relationships say that, they mean like have fun, like don't go sleep with other people, <laughs> <Right>. including <laughs> prostitutes. That's not what they're meaning, okay? Well, to be fair, he didn't know she was a prostitute. He just thought this like uh, this attractive. He oh, thought yeah. she no was woman. a student. <laughs> that makes it worse. No, stop it. It does kind of make it worse. Wait, he didn't even ask her age or anything. He's just like, oh, student. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. High she school student. The bar. And then he takes her out on a date the next day. And then he finds out she's a prostitute. And he's like, how dare you deceive me? Bitch, what the fuck? No, I don't know. No. <laughs> she was like, you deceived me too, though. Yeah, I mean, he did. I don't know. That that whole Hong, not Hong Kong, but the China sequence is Shanghai. It's, yeah, it's not my favorite of the movie. Yeah, it's the most stereotypical sequence. You know, when, when, um, when the rich guy, uh, when Sarsgaard calls him and is like, how was your night? And I was like, oh, prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you had, to in- you had to include that, and it had to come first. So I think it fit, because like, there's always, like, whenever anyone talks about money, there's always jokes about, oh, give me a million dollars and I'll be happy. And so uh, I-, I think that is, you have to, if you're going to make a movie about finding happiness, you have to include what it would be like to have a shit ton of money. And you can't put it last because hopefully you've learned something over the course of the movie. So it has to come first where you haven't learned anything and you're like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, party and do drugs and sleep with prostitutes because maybe that's how I find happiness. Because there's a lot of people that think that, whether they're joking or not. Like there's a lot of people that say shit like that. So I think it's good that they included it in the movie. Man, it made me hate Simon characters, Simon Pegg's character going forward. I just hated this guy. Just, just fucking loathe this motherfucker. The, because he instantly wait, cheated. Wait, why? No, no, it's not because he instantly cheated. It's they have this really bizarre like when the pimp comes out and he's like, "Your friend paid for last night. Who paid for now?" The way how how abruptly that ends and it's just dropped. It's like we have the beginning of Pretty Woman and then it's like, oh, change the movie. Move on to something else. And it's, it's it's not explained. Like, she even says something along the lines to him, like, uh, like, like you tricked me. He says it to her, She sa- and she says it to him. And it's like, wait, right. wait, hold up. Wait a minute. What are you... Are you saying you're falling in love with this guy? Well, 
So is that what she's saying? Okay, that's kind of what she's saying. Yeah, there's several times where she's like, "Wow, why are you being so nice to me? You're being so kind." And the next day, he's like, "Let me take you out to lunch." Like he's trying to date her, and kind of makes me hate him. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and he gets just pissed. And that, I actually really hated that scene where he's like, how dare you do this to me uh, without taking her into any sort of consideration. She didn't realize that, like, she didn't realize that he didn't know anything. And he didn't bother to ask her anything about her life. But he feels like he's the victim because what he didn't do his homework because he just jumped into (laughs) something like give me a break like that's like someone who's like like you meet someone and you fall madly in love with them and you want to get married and the next day you find out that they're like you know i don't know that they're they're i don't know some deal breaker they have kids or something i don't know something i don't know some deal breaker there's something wrong with them that you don't like right and then you're like oh my god how could you do this to me and it's like no like you're getting ahead of yourself like that's your own issues there and you're projecting it onto somebody else and that's so like it's so rude i hated that i hated that well i think that 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 whole sequence establishes the point of his character like he he is in a 10-year relationship with a woman and they're both super codependent and he's not taking any risks in his life. Everything is so completely predictable and he's, you know, slowly realizing that he doesn't want the predictability. He goes from having this codependent, like clingy relationship with his girlfriend to maybe the first person that's attractive, that's giving me attention can do the same thing in a different country. Like you're, it's, it's just exchanging the problems. This is, this is the classic uh, problem with, um, with people who just want to travel all the time for no other reason than to just f- run away from themselves, right? Like, he's looking for happiness by running away from himself, and he's finding the same exact problems in another person in another country. Yeah, but he's ruining somebody else's life in the in, in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Like, like here, How is he ruining her life? Because here's this girl who's br- coming out, like, thinking she, like, actually may have met somebody. Right, that can take her away from this life, and she just talks about like how she can't go home to her fucking family because of the fucking shame. And then, yeah. right after that conversation, he just leaves her because she's a fucking prostitute. She's not he a didn't person. Leave her. She she was driven away by her pimp on a motorcycle. He doesn't have any contact information. He no, he what? He could have sprinted after her. No, no. We know exactly where she was because we saw the pimp at the club at the door. He knows exactly where he as she was. He could have gone back, and he chooses just to fucking move on and go, I don't know, what, to the Tibetan Alps or not Alps, the uh, fucking <laughs> Himalayas, all on his fucking own. It pissed me off to no end. I was just like, wh- who is this character? And then, like, the entire movie, the entire time, I'm just thinking, like, this guy's just out here chasing fucking ass. This should be called Hector and the Search for Ass Chasing, like, the perfect piece of world... <laughs> You know, like a woman that he can find. Okay, but on that note, to add on to that, so not only is he chasing all these women, but then like his the love of his life, allegedly, who has moved on and is like two kids with a third on the way. She like yells at him and she's like, you're chasing a fantasy. Leave me alone. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, you're right. You know what? I actually do want to marry the girl that I'm with, the girl I've been treating like shit this whole time. I think I'm going to marry her. And then like, that's the happy ending. And I was like, bro, like you're still you're still like doing it. Like, stop. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. Like everything in this movie just felt off. Like, just totally off. I don't know. I can't even put my finger on it. 
Well, I can't, I think this is what, this is what it is. And this is what I kind of came to the conclusion was that like this whole movie, he's searching for happiness as if it's somewhere out there to be achieved. Whereas you're actually like your happiness is within you and you create your own happiness. It's an emotion. Like it's something you cultivate like anything else. And he's, but he's out there looking for it in certain locations, within certain people, especially within other women. And like, and that's what he does at the end. Like he doesn't really like learn anything. He's just like, oh, but actually there's still that woman there and maybe I can fix that. And she can bring me happiness. No, he activates his brain well, and, and, and like <laughs> sends this machine off the charts. And, and he, he feels every emotion at once. And he realizes that it's happiness is sitting right in front of him and that he is already happy. No, he realizes that he could be happy were he just to make the decision to, to be, be happy. happy. There you go. Yeah, that was that bothered me about the machine because I was like, how is this like revolutionary to f- feel emotions? Like, do you not know? Like, there's a spectrum. Like, and you and they're all important. Everything from anger and sadness to like joy and love they're all important (laughs) and so i was like like the fact that the researchers were like oh my god he's he's feeling things well no i think that's (laughs) that's precisely the point that they were trying to imply is is when he is at his most happiest it's when he's feeling all the emotions at the same time when he's feeling the same level of fear and sadness and joy and all the entire movie flashing back in front of him Right. That's when he's feeling all of these things. That's why the Aurora Borealis is happening on the computer screen, because he is feeling all the spectrum of all the emotions. And that's where he realizes I am actually happy being who I am with the person that I've been with. Hold on. He's not happy being who he is because he goes back and he changes. He's not happy with who he is or how he's been living or his he's and he's still not happy with his previous relationship. He does change because he starts to feel emotions, all of them, and he's not repressing them and hiding him, which well, hiding them, which is what he was doing before. And so, on that note, he could be happy with anybody. It's not necessarily the the chick. Was her name Rosamond? Somebody or other? Rosamond Pike. Yeah, that person. Yeah, it's nothing to do with her. Clara. Yeah, I don't know. Also, filmmakers. When you know, like, it, when you get to the end of your movie and you have your wrap up, you know, between your guy, your girl, and then you're gonna get together, we're gonna have that Jerry Maguire moment. For God's sake, don't do it over the fucking phone. It's boring as fuck, sickle. I wanted to shoot my fucking face. I was just like, what asshole gives me an emotional beat via telephone in a cinematic movie? He had wires coming out of his head, he was hooked up to a machine. No, he wasn't there, be- Brian. He had the feelings there. He didn't have time. It It had to be on the telephone because if she didn't answer him and they were still broken up, then he needed to go to the bar and find a woman there, okay? Come on. (laughs) All right, touche, touche, touche. Like, did they ever pay off the the woman in the airplane eavesdropping? No, they didn't. She was originally supposed to be a a larger character and her whole subplot thing got entirely cut. Maybe he bumps into her. Yeah. Wait, what was the subplot? Does he sleep with her? Like, does he join them at a high club? The the director mentioned it on the commentary, uh, and literally all he said was that she she looks like she's a really good actress because she is, and her story (laughs) just got cut. And you're like, okay, so what was the subplot? Like, you're not gonna like give us a quick little like, oh, he did this, and then they did that. No, just he just she's not an extra. 
<laughs> and like what? That's it? Come on. <laughs> but the, it's weird. It's weird that they that they show that though because she's obviously taking interest, and, and then they still have the beats where. It cuts to her. I think they could have taken that yeah. out if they weren't. Yeah, it, they definitely it. should have removed at least a couple of those like reaction shots. Like, yeah, they felt very pointlessly. Maybe the point is off, is that yeah. he's desirable. Seven <laughs> pigs is a oh. stud muffin. Oh man, yeah, he looks good. He's got a when he's when he's in the moment listening. <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I was like, God, look at the the English guy with those perfect teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he holds up his ID and he's got that stupid look on his face and then he replicates it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is funny. There's, there's a bunch of funny little There are moments. funny moments, yeah. 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 There's a lot of really good moments in this. I mean, the airplane stuff is amazing. And I love that they cut to the really low budge, like, you know, oh, man, you can I see love the sprinkler, shots. you know, the, <laughs> the water bucket in the shot. Well, it's that storybook feel that we've been talking about, right? That's what the director kept saying on uh, on the commentary, and he kept he kept comparing this to a fable. And I was like, just because you put "Once Upon a Time" at the beginning, <laughs> that doesn't make it a fable. And he even kept talking about that that shirt that Simon Pegg was wearing in, in the Hong Kong. Uh, the, sorry, I keep calling it fucking Hong Kong in the China sequence, right? So uh, he's sitting there, right? He's What's having tea. It doesn't say anything. It's just that crazy flower. Oh, it's that it's that flowered print. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, the one that he bought in the marketplace. It almost yeah, and they had like the fans. whole like. They had the photo get, where he went in and took photos with everybody. Yeah. Like, that little yeah. pop montage. Yeah. Yeah. The director was highlighting that as like a costume. He's like, oh, nobody would actually wear that out in the in the real world. But, you know, this is a fable. So I'm like, hold up. Hold up. Let's back up here. The shirt is what makes this a fable for. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, no, no. That, that he is wearing that shirt out in public. Yeah, bro. No, that's bullshit. I, I work for people, right, that wear those Hawaiian shirts out. I, I wear Hawaiian shirts all the time. What's wrong with you? See, there you go. It's not yeah. a Hawaiian You're shirt. You're one of those it's people. A Chinese shirt. And yeah, I know. Uh, you should see the one I bought. I bought I, dude, I got this fucking awesome like uh, eight nineteen eighties uh, Hawaiian shirt when I was out of town the other day. It's fucking awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, they had fat people in the eighties. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hell yeah, they um, did. It, deep deep in the deep in the background when he's sitting there wearing that shirt, you can see somebody else wearing one, uh, like another type of flowery somewhat shirt. So it, it was stylish in that area. Apparently. Any, anytime you get near the water, shirts start getting flowers on them. That, you're damn straight, man. Or some palm trees. Yeah. yeah. Or some sunsets or both or all three. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck, man. Wild, wild shirt right there. You're wild, man. The whole, time, the whole time I lived in Florida, I wore flip-flops, shorts, and a fucking Hawaiian shirt <laughs> every day. <laughs> I, I still wear the flip-flops every day. <laughs> so something, something about uh, Florida makes you want to wear flip flops. Yeah, man. Oh, they're so comfortable, bro. Ah, why would you wear anything <laughs> else on your feet? Yeah, no, it's amazing. <sighs> that makes me happy. It's just foot jail. Mm. I'm glad you found your happiness. Your ha- <laughs> happiness. I want to find happiness. <laughs> that that was, was from another movie. That was the biggest laugh of the film. <laughs> Yeah, that was good, definitely, but that was definitely. I think I think I heard that in another film, though. I think that's not that's not OG to this. What for real? I've never heard that before. Really? I don't watch a lot of comedies, though. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, no, I don't think I've ever heard that before. I was I I actually laughed at that. You know, I wasn't laughing too much when you know the, the prostitute's getting taken away by her pimp and the main character's just like ah. But you know <laughs> that part. You know, I was like yeah. No, that's, that's yeah, funny. but what about that overhead camera shot though that goes under those wires that when he's like running up and you got all these people? There's some there's some cool camera stuff in there's this. Some great cameras in this, and the cameras change throughout the film. 
Oh, between digital and, and film? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I'm wondering, is that... Was that on purpose or is that like, like when they go to China and, and they're going, I mean like all that whole montage where he's like, I'll show you happiness and they pop and they start all this shit with him, you know, they're popping around and it, well, you didn't like that. You didn't like that, Brian? No, man, that was so fucking amateur. Like fucking, like I can't tell you how many fucking movies I worked on. We're like, Oh yeah. Hey, let's just throw a fucking montage in here. And it's just like some quick shit. They just go throw out the actors and with like it's, a grip. It's, yeah. They're, 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 you, get, you get the person's head, then you, you tilt down and then you go over there and then you low angle pop, uh, drive by. Okay. Boom. All right. Close up of food. We're going to pour stuff. Splash. Okay, cool. Spin the camera. Uh, but, but it was, it did go, that whole section was shot on some crappy digital camera. It like completely yeah, it looks like a different. little DSLR kind of shit. Yeah, and it, and it made me wonder: was that supposed to be his camera that he's carrying with him? Or, I think so. Yeah, or yes, was that? I think so. Or did the or were they not uh, allowed to import their cameras that they were traveling with because of an import tax, and they had to rent the cameras locally, and those were the ones they had available. <laughs> No, no, this they where definitely. My brain went. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be his his personal camera, in the same way that that they set up the shot when he was at the Tibetan monastery. See, I like that. And he yeah. didn't do he didn't do a lot of that. I like that he was like documenting no. it, but then it just kind of goes away. It's like they forgot that that was happening. So the director did say that the sequence um, once they're back at the hotel, when when him and the prostitute chick, that whole like thing in that um, he called it an apartment, it's a hotel room, whatever. Um, that was all shot on Alexa, so like, and the and the view out the window that was actual that was real, like, so that was part of the reason why they wanted to shoot on the Alexa, so they had the um, the dynamic range to be able to see the actual Shanghai. But all the behind the scenes stuff's the film. Yeah, no, most of the movie is is shot in film for sure, but they the specifically fuck? wanted wanted that night sequence in in the hotel room to be digital for the dynamic range. Well, okay, which is also really weird. Okay, you're saying for the dynamic range because when you cut to Christopher Plummer's scenes. And and he's giving his lecture. That looks like shit. And I think that's yeah, a couple that's of those shot shots are film. real grainy. Like yeah, real it's like noisy. underexposed. It looks like shit. And I'm like, yeah. you bring out this fucking legend, and we've got this whole fucking movie, and you don't like this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? That, you talking that, about the classroom scene? Yeah, that come on, bro. Light, that, dude, that was just lights everywhere. We talking about like that was just like fucking overhead. Then why was it under? Why was it underexposed and, and grainy as fuck? I mean, I don't know, but there was just like fuck. It was just lights everywhere, man. What are you talking? What about? I'm saying is that they they went in and used the natural lighting or some shit. They they didn't they didn't light him. <laughs> you know what? what? For real? Yeah, yeah. Those medium that. shots like shit, on, that are like on shit. Christopher Plummer, they're not. They're super noisy, for sure. Bro. But they were also shooting two or three cameras in that. When the Criterion comes out and they and they remaster this, it'll it'll look really good. I'm sure. <laughs> Wait, what? When the what? When the what comes out? <laughs> did, you, did you think when it gets the Criterion release? Okay, I'll fucking have a heart attack when that happens. Did what? this director ever do anything? Even though he he made one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Serendipity. Serendipity. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. You guys got some shit ass taste in rom coms. <laughs> Oh man, shut up! I was young. Okay, we're a little younger than you, Brian. So these, these <laughs> fall into our area. <laughs> yeah, man, still in love with Kate Beckinsale. I just, you know, I, anyways, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember liking it. Um, but what did he do after this? Did he ever get? If, if you bomb this hard, do you ever get to play again? He did yeah. uh, the Space Between Us. What's that? The the movie about uh, Aza Butterfield grew up on Mars and then he comes to Earth and his well, heart's gonna collapse when he falls in love instead. And his heart explodes because he falls in love. Aww. It's it's just as perfectly cheesy as it sounds like it should be. Yeah, I've actually never seen, outside of Serendipity, I've never seen, well, okay, Serendipity, I've seen The Mighty. 
Oh my god, I have seen fucking town. This is the director of fucking town and country. That is a horrible fucking film. Bro, he did that Taylor Swift music video, Crazier. Excellent. <laughs> he also shot the Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> the Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> oh, Griggs. Uh, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Griggs's pick for the month. Um, oh, thanks, Jared. Thanks. <laughs> It's all my fucking heart feels, but you know, you know it's fine. No, bro, fine. I, I, I did, uh, I did enjoy watching this movie. I, I did have all those thoughts that we that we've been discussing and all that, but you know, it still was fun. Um, I like little character pieces and, and traveling and and on all the little weird the weird little people we meet along the way and and all their little things. Like you, you, you go to this monastery and of course they're, you know, they're setting up closed their, on Mondays. They're closed on Mondays and they're also they're <laughs> setting up their. Their satellite and the, and and you know the asshole guy who who says they're closed on Mondays, but then later in the movie when it cuts and he, and they're doing the Skype section, he, he he gives a little quick wave in the background like hey you know <laughs> so he's not such an asshole you know they they, they pay off little things throughout the way which was kind of cool like the pen like the multiple pens can never find the pen you know the pen is mightier than the sword in this film um, the, the pen is what saves him the pen is is like the guiding thing it's it's like his his writing utensil. Yeah, it saves him from all the evil Africans. No, the pen gets him, uh, the first pen gets him into, like, you know, uh, going and experiencing all the, the crazy shit around town. Shanghai. In, in Shanghai, yeah. So it, it's kind of the inciting incident that, go, that takes him into that next little section. Yeah, it's, and it's also a, the a thing plot that saves device. Him. Yeah, then also the thing that saves him. But it's really weird they didn't, they didn't do the, the third pen. Maybe, maybe the lady in the airplane had the third pen. Mm. Bro, this, that, the world will never. Yeah, know. who knows? This this script it just leaves so many things loose. It's not complete. I, it, it's insane. It's like almost two hours, and it's just like it leaves all. Brian, these... name four. Okay, name what? <laughs> four. Four what? <laughs> four things that it leaves. <laughs> that it leaves dangling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What? What the fuck's up with the dog? Someone explain the dog to me. I know it was his okay. dog. I, 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 it was I'll, his I'll dog. Explain it. I'll explain it. But it's it. never explain explained it. in the film. It. Yes, it, yes, it, it is. is. It it's is. explained it in is. one line. What's the one line? And also, and also, well, and it also opens with him killing his dog in the dream. In the dream. So yeah, he's got this thing where he's got this thing with his dog. But it's it's when when that you know he's a psychiatrist and the lady comes in and you know she she actually the fortune has, teller the fortune teller. She actually has sight. She sees everything. You know. He, so much that he has to like rush her out of his office. But she tells him, "I see a I see a young boy with a dead dog." Yeah, I've I've seen that too from all those flashbacks earlier. That doesn't tell me shit, bro. Why why am I seeing this dog? Why is this dog important to him? We're not no we have no idea as audience members. That scene doesn't exist, bro. That's that's why it's left dangling. It's something. No, actually. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say I totally agree with Brian. It's totally dangling because I had no idea what dog you guys were talking about until like halfway really? through. Really? They, they, they have like the, the Jedi <laughs> yeah. ghost dog at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. now. Now I remember it. But like the dog, like when he, when you guys were saying the dog, like it was left dangling. I was like, wait, did he have it? Was there? Where was the dog? What was the dog? What was the dog? And then you said like the opening, and I was like, right, the dream. Yeah, and dude, then, but it's all throughout no. the movie. Well, I mean, the dog. The dog is also indicative of Tintin. Because he has several Tintin things around his office. He pulls out he the just book. Did Tintin. Well, partly, and he looks exactly fucking like Tintin. 
and Tintin traveled the world with his dog. Okay, and that, so and that, and that big pack on his back. Okay, the, that's the awesome. dog is a marketing ploy. So okay. why is the dog in this movie? What does this tell me about this character? What does it say about this story? Fuck Jack. He's, all, he's nothing. T- attached to his childhood. He, he keeps uh, yeah. reverting, even even to the point where you know uh, the woman tells him, "I see you happy," and it cuts, and there's like his inner child is there, and it's like really, you know. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I didn't like that. They only did it like once. But but they they did they did they did that swap once with him there. But then the kid witnesses a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like the the third eye, you know, or like the the uh, the voyeuristic part. You know, it's kind of like the kids watching these things happen. Well, it's also his his inner child that he hasn't embraced, that he hasn't learned to love. Um, it, it's indicative of his emotional maturity and the fact that he hasn't chosen to grow up at all. Yeah, okay. they show that with that with that box because when, when he, they first show his first emotion, they're like, "Oh, that that's like what a child." Would yeah, be. He like needs he's to holding deeper. himself back. Okay, yeah. I, now that we're talking about this, I actually think that since the director wants thinks that this is like a fable, and we're talking about the opening sequence with the, like the inner child and like the dog that like I totally forgot about, and like yeah, <laughs> there is like there are a couple of scenes at the end and the opening with the dream sequence, and it's like. The whole rest of the movie, which is like an hour and 45 minutes, it's like everyone just totally forgot that they were doing like inner child work and it's a fable and like, let's do like, it's all gone. It's all totally gone. I completely like did not, would not have put any of those things together because they just like, they did not follow through with that what wait he's he's drawing in his book the whole time they have all these animation what, transitions no, what? no that has nothing to do with tintin come on that is 100 percent tintin no that's just because they didn't have any fucking money to shoot goddamn airplanes <laughs> yes and they leaned into it so it... but that that airplane set was badass of the shitty airplane that was cool <laughs> it wasn't even a set it was just accurate, a real airplane accurate. sitting on runways <laughs> so i mean yeah Peg they, was they pulled all the seats the and AC they 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 working they 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 set decked it though they, they 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 fucked it all up on the inside and shit. Yeah, they added like you know Chinese uh, writings in the American plane and in the <laughs> Vancouver plane. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they did crazy things. They were nuts. I don't fuck know. you, Brian. You couldn't do better. <laughs> I'm sure I can get. A, <laughs> I'm sure I can go to like Northwestern and be like, hey, do you guys have your Chinese logo shit? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't seem that hard. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not a production designer. Don't forget forks when you shoot in a restaurant. Um, <laughs> are we at break here, guys? <laughs> I guess I think so, we need bro. to watch the trailer. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's watch a trailer, and we'll be back with Hector and the Search for Happiness. How many of us can recall that childhood moment when we experienced happiness as a state of being? Everything in our world was all right. (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a young psychiatrist called Hector. He took comfort in the rich patterns of his life. Look at my life. Look at my life, my life, my life. Are you happy? You're breaking up with me, aren't you? No. You can't no. just come out with a question like that. You I... have to build up to it. I'm not making my patients any happier. I need to do some research. On what? Happiness. Where were you going on this journey of yours? I was thinking China. China. 
If you're going to do this, do it totally. Business or pleasure? Research. I want to know what makes people happy. <laughs> the glass is unbreakable. Unbreakable? Push. Hey, I'm in Africa. Hi, boys. Hey, come <laughs> How long will you be gone? I don't know. Will you be here when I get back? I can't answer the question, can I? More important than what we are searching for is what we are avoiding. Tell me what you want. You just have to decide. Darling. You're emotionally squeamish. People who are afraid of loving are afraid of life. The more we focus on our own personal happiness, the more it eludes us. We should concern ourselves not so much with the pursuit of happiness, but with the happiness of pursuit. You mean happiness? Everybody wants a penis, but you cannot hold a penis. It's elusive. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Hector and the Search for Happiness. That was a pretty good trailer. I, I enjoyed that yeah. trailer more than the movie. It was a great trailer. Oh, come on. That trailer, oh. yeah, I agree. That trailer yeah. made me have a big smile on my face the whole time. That trailer is delightful. But it also reminded me where I... The the, uh, the penis joke comes from. <laughs> a penis. We want to old happiness. Everybody go to the chat and click that, and then you'll know. And all women know, a penis is hard to find. Excuse me? A penis. Back to the Future Part 3? Oh, happiness. No, I wish what? it was Back to the Future. Is That's that why what I that wanted is? you to see that. No, but isn't that crazy? Oh, no, it's not. It, all right, okay. No. That's right, it, but oh. it's totally from that era. Uh, no, it's from the Beverly Hillbillies movie. Oh, man. Leah Thompson. I just saw there that. Leah Thompson that says, a penis is hard to find. And then <laughs> Jim Varney's like, oh, 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 happiness. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had seen it somewhere else before. Classic joke. Mm. So even the movie's best joke. Hmm. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> just got to be like that. <laughs> Remember, there are no original ideas, okay? That's not most... <laughs> Everything's been done before. The Beverly Hillbillies did it. <laughs> Great casting in that movie, though, too. Mm. Have, have we done that movie yet, Brian? Hell no, we haven't done that movie. Oh, before. we gotta do a goofy fucking movie. Alright, so that goes in our flipper, um, Lassie, <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies... That month, somebody please come save me out of this fucking family slash TV show '90s remake hell for a month. What? No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> or maybe really, really funny. I don't know. But but no, the the, the trailer to this movie really it, it it shows the movie's heart. You know that 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 story that they show in the trailer. That's that's what you're supposed to stick with. You know, as you watch this. I think what the trailer really highlighted for me is how much they didn't show in the movie uh, because I'm not sure how that's possible because it's two hours long, but uh, (laughs) watching the trailer, I was like, I wonder what, like, why did, um, oh God, the California lady at the end, like, why did she blow up at him for like, I mean, she's right. Like, I get what she's saying, but like, 
you know, he was just like, oh, I kind of, I was just wondering like what, what, what could have been. And she flips out and like has this massive monologue. And again, she's right. But like, I was just like, where did that come from? Like you haven't talked to her in years. I think well, that's where it came her. from. Yeah. That they were, they were super close. And even the, the friend Michael guy in, uh, in Africa was like, whatever happened to you guys, you seem so solid. Yeah, she spent 12 years not not being pursued by this guy that she was super, super close with. And then he comes back and drops it on her. She's like, fuck you, dude. Like, clearly there was some level of she got her heart broken and has had to deal with it and get over it. Yes, that's what I mean. There's a lot of inferring that you can pick up from the subtext, but, like, you don't actually know anything that's going on in this movie. Like, they don't explain any of it. And, yeah, yeah, your brain fills in the blanks, and, yes, that's what I kind of gathered, too. But at the same time, there was still, like, a good couple of seconds there where I was like, wait, did I miss something? Do I need to rewind it? I'm totally with you. I, I felt the same exact way watching that. It was just like, wait, wait, well, hold up. Wait, what's going on? Especially after she just gets done, I don't know, they just get done talking about her husband and they, they show her husband for a second and they have that weird pool edit where I don't, it looks like he's like hiding under the pool from the husband in mid-sentence. It's very bizarre. It's just... No, he's trying to, he's trying to stay afloat. He's in the deep end. Uh-huh. He's, he's treading yeah. water and how to have a conversation. Well, yeah, and then they cut to like this night scene where they're clearly like having dinner and talking and then that like just... That's like a shot and then it just fades to the same same location next morning you know what i mean it's just like the husband's like an afterthought and she talks about the husband and it, it almost it, the movie kind of leads you down this path like oh wait are, are, are these characters gonna are they gonna get back together is he gonna wreck this family and it's like well obviously not because this is a search for happiness and i can't imagine the search for happiness ending quite that way not in a hollywood movie what do you mean like him uh, hooking up with a uh, yeah. sock drawer slut or skank, or <laughs> skank. Sock drawer skank. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that happening in a Hollywood film. I think the really interesting thing for me is that the different countries that he goes to, not including the US and California, because I thought that was the weakest storyline of them all. But when he goes to the monastery and he goes to somewhere in Africa and he goes to wait was wasn't there a third one was the third one shanghai. not the shanghai oh was that it just those two i liked those two the best i mean i actually thought that the characters were super interesting i wanted to learn so much more like in the africa one like you have um the the drug dealer and and you, he gets kidnapped and you have like this amazing family who's like celebrating just life and there's just so much going on and you kind of don't you just get little snippets of it. But I think I thought him being locked up in jail was really great. Although I don't know, like, okay, if I was locked up in jail by some dude with a gun, I wouldn't be like, Hey, I'm friends with a, with a drug dealer. Like he might be your rival, but like, I'm going to try and impress you anyway, like intimidate you. Like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't. No, that was his like last was ditch effort to stay alive. Like, cause he only knows about the guy's reputation based on, his friend talk saying, why are you talking to him? He's the one that everybody in town knows. This dude has his own jail. Like, I'm pretty sure he has a <laughs> reputation, too. Okay? It is in the basement of his house. Like, literally. Like, he's, <laughs> he's looking at his wife and kids, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got to take this downstairs to my torture dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this dude clearly has something going yeah, on, but, too. But in, in the previous scene, he just heard him, heard this guy say to the guards, like, fuck him i don't care let him rot like so he knows he's gonna die unless something can happen no one knows where he is no one like 
could even find him if they were looking for him. His best option is there's someone else out there who might be a bigger badass than you who I should say I kind of know. Like, I I thought it was actually pretty brilliant. He was like, can you deliver this pen to my dear (laughs) friend, the drug dealer? (laughs) I did like John Renault, though. He was a bright spot in the film. He was wonderful. Him and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, when the, when those two actors show up on screen, it is so much life in the movie that's needed. You're just like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It was the best. Yep. Yep. I was like, finally someone I can identify with in this movie. <laughs> the drug dealer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant farmer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a family man. Just worried about his wife. Yeah. She, she's so over-medicating. Yeah. What assholes. Like, of course, he's going to, like, be mad at everybody. I get it. I get it. The drug dealer's wife's over-medicated. That's a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> By the psychiatrist. Yeah. I like how he's a psychiatrist and he's, like, giving medical advice. Like, what a fucking asshole if I'm having, like, health issues on a plane and someone comes over and is like well i'm a psychiatrist i'd be like get the fuck away from me like you are not a doctor that i am needing currently like yeah, it, it was weird that they co- when, like they called for a doctor and, and then he he showed up well if he's the only person on the plane that has medical experience he still has a fucking medical degree like okay yeah maybe he hasn't like fucking treated people but he still can no. be like I'm a dentist This can help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't want a dentist to come over to either. <laughs> they only had him come over so that she could tell her story and she had a uh, I actually don't remember the story but the point whatever the point was that she made they said it in the trailer. That was a really good point and I was like oh I appreciate that. But like you didn't have to do all of that just to like get yeah, that message across. You had to build her whole little character and then also show that you know he's he's a nurturing type. He's not. He's not. Let's, did you watch the movie? What are you yeah. talking about, bro? What do you mean nurturing type? <laughs> Back the fuck up. Hold up. I got lost. He he went like a like a, a shirt or something and dabbed her forehead while she talked about you know, and he got them to lower the airplane uh so the pressure in her head. He spent two weeks in Africa helping out a medical clinic. He's got some kind of level of nurturing. And he's also looking for it. Like, he's, he's tired of his life. And he's tired of, of why am I just dealing with all these patients and not giving a shit. He's rediscovering the fact that he actually cares about other people. And he lies to himself saying that he's, <clears throat> he's actually searching for the meaning of happiness so he can help his patients. Yeah, and it doesn't. He takes it until he's got a gun to his head, where he's basically he's like, "I'm trying to see what it takes for me to be happy." Yeah, that's because he's so emotionally repressed. That's not because he like cares about other people. No, it's because he hasn't admitted these things to himself. Yeah, because he's emotionally repressed. Aren't we all? Well, yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think I expressed <laughs> myself pretty well, Jared. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anybody's ever accused me of holding my tongue. <laughs> that is true, Brian. Yeah. But there are I okay, so there are two cuts of this movie. Did you guys I I, watch the extended cut? I think yes. that's the only one I watched. All right, see what's I, different. I, this was the first time watching the extended it, cut for me, but yeah. See, the extended cut actually bothered me a little bit more and like I understand what you guys are saying about the search of happiness, but when you watch the extended cut, it it literally just looks like a guy that's He's he's searching the globe for like the perfect piece of ass. That's just how it comes across. Like even in the Africa scene, there's like a there's a moment where 
you, you know how he meets the, the lady on the plane? She she invites him over to her family's house for uh, was sweet potato stew, right? Yeah. And while he's making sweet potato stew and the extended cut, he makes eyes with this woman's like sister. And he makes a suggestive comment to her, and he's like, it's okay, I can do that. And then later, after he gets dropped off by the warlords or the drug lords or whatever, and he runs back into the family again, the sister comes into his room and actually starts to disrobe. And at that point, he has to stop her. Okay, I did not watch the Syndicate. Yeah, I don't think I saw that version. My, deep, my, my, deep, my Blu-ray was a little confusing on the menu, but yeah. Yeah, I know, right? The buttons. Yeah, the yeah. button. Yeah, I was the like, Blu-ray is, menu is, 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 it, is it selected or not? You know, yeah. The the Blu-ray that's on Amazon right now is from fucking goddamn uh, Mexico or something because yeah, there's not it, even an FBI it, warning. It, it op- yeah, it, 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 it opens in fucking Spanish and shit first. Yeah, I, I noticed. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, is this gonna be English? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when it makes we, we like a really nice boot five like times less in than <laughs> spend on the budget. Yeah, yeah, from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, from Amazon, we got a really great bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> Brian and I both got our Birdcage uh, movies at the same day. It's probably the same bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be from Germany. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we su- we support our industry. <laughs> Damn straight. Well, you know, you need the uh, superior picture quality and sound. and But yeah, I don't know. The extended cut did make me feel like Hector was more... It, he was he was more like, okay, it, it, the whole film seemed more like, okay, this woman wants me to commit to her, so I'm going to go around and sow all the oats I can in the whole world, and then I'll come back. And that's how the extended cut kind of reads, to me anyway. I think kind of building on that... I think he's so unhappy with everything, not just this woman, but with everything that he's just kind of numb. And so I, on top of trying to sleep with all these women, he's also just trying to feel something. And so like, like that's, that's, I mean, and and that's what's so sad about it to me. I, I mean, this whole movie, he's doing all these amazing things, meeting all of these amazing people, having all of these amazing experiences, but there's just such a heaviness to it because of him, because of his character, because he doesn't feel anything. And so at the end, when like, like you're supposed to like, he like feels all of the emotions at once and he can suddenly remember like that he's a human being. And it's like, I don't think it's that outstanding. Like, I'm super happy for him. I don't know if I'm excited about his upcoming marriage. Like, that seems like a bad idea. But (laughs) (laughs) no, it does. But like, I'm glad. I'm glad that like, you know, you're not numbing yourself anymore. And that was kind of the interesting thing was that usually people who are in that situation numb themselves somehow. And he didn't seem to have any crutch and that was kind of the only interesting the really interesting thing that i thought about his character but they didn't even explore that so i don't know where to his go his crutch that. was that he, he did the same thing the same way every time he wanted he, routine. Had, to, he had a routine he numbed routine himself through routine crutch though? i mean i it can yeah be. i guess i guess it can be when you when you live your life through habit, the brain literally doesn't process most of the things that are happening, and you can. Okay. That's I the same way you can drive home and be like, "How did I get home?" I actually don't remember driving home yeah. because it's so routine and habitual. That's so scary when that happens. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just getting old, but like, I, w- I was looking at his life and I was just like, "Holy shit, bro! Like, this woman's just straight up taking care of you, man. Like, oh, like literally tying yeah. his ties every yeah. day. And when, when, when she's at the door or whatever, and she kisses him, and then there's that beat where she like turns around. I was waiting for her to have a. But she just stands there with a big smile on her face. I'm like, oh, well, she's into this. No, because she's no, she's not. She's super numb, too. And at the end, no, she says at the end, I want to be a mom. I just don't want to be your mom. She's not into it. That's just her routine, too. She's going through the motions just as much as he is, except instead of her getting to have this grand adventure, she just gets abandoned. (laughs) Yeah, but she has the big successful, you know, career and. What they what they say that you 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 never uh, the, the two words uh, you never had maternity or leave yeah yep. but that's yeah. what she says I mean but that's the thing is like again they, they they set that whole thing up to make you not care about her so that it's okay that Hector goes off and does these right. things but like as, as she says at the end like no like I'm a <laughs> she's, she's like I'm a person too and I do want to experience life uh, and I don't and she's not and she says she's not happy doing what they've been doing except yeah no. Hector gets to go off and like fuck around and she is just like sitting at home wondering what the fuck is going on like I actually like feel so sorry for her character I didn't feel sorry for her character I just I didn't really understand her character like I didn't know I don't know like I, I guess she's also numb at the beginning as well but she 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 does seem happy and then like she just at the end of the movie, she just seems like she just changes with Hector for, and I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know why, and that just leaves me confused, oh, and I just, don't, I can tell you why it's very lazy it. writing. That's what it is. Like Hector has changed and realized that she is the love of his life, so she needs to shape up so they can have a happy ending. That's what's going well, on there. She had her own journey while while he was away. They just didn't get to see it. What? Okay, that is bro. Some she's putting weak she's putting on the bro. she's putting on the different clothes and the purple lipstick and all that. She's going out. Okay, was she doing that to? But I thought she was just doing that to make him jealous, right? Because she didn't know he was last, calling the last. She time. was already in the sexy lingerie when yeah. he called. She was on her way out with a brand new dress, so she was definitely doing. No, some I just, kind I just of took it as like ro- romantic comedy rules, I... where the the last time you know, like it, the the conversation ended. With a question mark, so now, you know, she was going to get back at him. Yeah, I don't actually buy that she was going out and doing anything. Uh, you can wear sexy lingerie. That has nothing to do with a man coming over. Like, it's fucking clothes. And, um, <laughs> no, it, it is. <laughs> Says the costume designer. You're, you're, you're crashing my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but it is. It's just clothes. Just clothes, And buying man. a new dress. Dude, people buy dresses all the fucking time. Yeah, you want to go out and you want to look nice for work. And you know what? If I had a fucking boyfriend of 10 years who was like, bye, honey, and he doesn't call me and he's around the world and I'm planning a trip to see his fucking, you know, ex-girlfriend who he keeps in his fucking sock drawer. You know what? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to look nice when I go out because maybe I'll meet someone who actually wants to be around me. You know, like, I don't like it, but there's no indication that she's cheating on him. There's no indication that she's going out to the club. There's nothing other than the fact that she has clothes. Come on. No, give me a fucking break. No. And lipstick. No, I think, no, I think on, they no. played some of those scenes like that, though, Kristen. I they, think they were playing those scenes like that. They I don't did. think they were playing those scenes that way. I think they were playing them like she's trying to make him jealous. Like she smacks her ass in front of the guys in the, you know, in the background. I mean, like she's obviously trying to get an emotional rise out of him. Yeah, because he's like not he's not acknowledging her in any way, shape or form. He's just letting those guys like stare over him at the computer. He does not he have stops him. 
Yeah, after she slaps her ass. Well, he he didn't know. He was staring at her ass. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think he was staring at her ass. That, there's nothing sexy about that scene. He was just like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> there's nothing sexy. He's not having any excited kind of intimate conversations with her. He's not telling her that he misses her. He's just like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'll be back. You know, I'm just, you know, out here. Trying to find happiness. Clara. Because it's not with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go out here. You stay there. Please cover up because I just realized these other dudes are interested in you and that's not cool. But you can you just sit at home while I'm out here finding happiness without you, please. Like, give me a fucking break. I'll, I'll, I agree with this assessment. <laughs> that was two thumbs up in oh, case anyone didn't sits see. there angrily. <laughs> Look at him, stroking his beard. I mean, don't you, don't you guys feel it at the end? Like it just feels like it's it's fucking hollow. It's fucking vapid at the end. It's like you can't even give me fucking Jerry Maguire feels, man. And I'm not a fan of that movie. Like I mean, I like you know, it's enjoyable. It's fine. You know, you're a fan. You brought it up twice. Look, no, <laughs> it, it's it's just a movie that everybody's seen in this exact genre. That it's this film is clearly trying to go for that indie. With that telephone call, they're trying to have that moment, and it just, I don't know, man. I'm going to say it's bad writing. That's what I'm going to go with. Maybe bad direction, too. Okay, so wait. Okay, I have a question. Do you think it's bad directing or bad editing in the sense of how, like, I'm sure the original script wasn't as but discombobulated would that be that most, the more accurate word? Like, do you, like, how did you think that happened? I, well, I, I... I mean, it's pretty clear that they had a low budget. They had very standard low budget filmmaking issues, just like the 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 whole uh, montage sequence where they're going out in China with him and Stellan uh, Stellan Skarsgård, and they're going through the streets. There's the the shot where uh, Simon Pegg wa- wakes up with the carjackers, and that's only covered in, in fucking two shots. You can just see the the low budget elements in the film like i mean now granted they have a huge cast and that's what they spent their money on they have like i don't know what four academy nominated fucking actors in here uh you know i don't know uh, christopher Plummer's win- a, a winner so when, when you talk about the wait, wait you said that they only had what two shots for the when he gets released is that what you're saying no they only had two no. shots for when, when he wakes up in the car and he realizes that there's carjackers in the taxi cab yeah yeah it's, it's, it worked though. It, it was cool to play that in a in a in a, in a wonder, in like a long take. No, it's in a wonder, but then it's it's covered for the side. You know what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. have the money to do a wonder because that's clearly what the director wanted to do. So what did they do? They went in and got one one shot of coverage. And if they had time, they would have just covered the whole fucking thing. Because if you're going to do one person's coverage, do the other person's coverage too. Why not? Because now you've done coverage. It's not a it's not a wonder. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's it's little low budget things like that when you watch the movie that like Martin Scorsese like he wouldn't like if you had budget you're not gonna you're not gonna shoot that way. No, that being said, they, I think they still had like twelve million dollars, so it's not like yeah, they I was didn't about have to say anything. this isn't super low. <laughs> and they were able to do all that traveling and yeah, exactly. Well, okay, they had to do all that traveling, but they got kicked out in Nepal. Like uh, they, they missed really? three days of their fucking. Um, Shoot got completely cut off because uh, something with their passports. Griggs, do you remember that oh, story? Man. What he was saying on the commentary? Yeah, he was very unclear as to what was what the actual problem was. He was just really pissed that that 
it was near the end of the shoot, and they were supposed to have three more days in Nepal, and they didn't. So they shot most of the, um, all of the mountain stuff was was in Bavaria. It was it was in the actual Alps. That's where. It was. And then and then they had basically second unit go and and pick up most of the shots that like oh this is really pretty Nepal, and it's a stand in double for um, Simon Pegg. Like when he's walking up those stairs on that super like twelve hundred millimeter lens. Oh wow, that's a double. And then the uh, the super fantastic shot where they're on the on the the roof in silhouette. That's also in the Alps. <laughs> that's not in Nepal at all. They just put some things on the rooftop of of this place, and they're like, "Well, we waited for the light. The light hit it perfect, and then we shot the scene." Yeah, yeah. Like, like Brian said, <laughs> it's low budget filmmaking, and they're getting the bang for their buck. I I do like that silhouette shot in uh, <laughs> on top of the mountain. It's a great shot, or the it's whatever, a great the temple, shot, whatever they call it. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, this movie is shot well. Like, I even like the bar in Africa. Like, I have no complaints with the cinematography, you know, whatsoever. I like, and and even some of the coverage and the conversations uh, scenes. Like, I love the, um, I don't know, the, those big wide shots when they're at that table and um, oh, well, they're, and they're in the they, hotel. They're having dinner, yeah, with the with the rich guy. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> those super I, wides. So I've I've eaten dinner at a in a very rich place like that in China, not in Shanghai, and it it that is. A hundred percent authentic. They only used wide angle lenses. Like suit, no giant table with like a shit ton of food all around it. And I'm down. I would love to go do that. I've basically had the dinner with with a, the guy's family as well. So it was it was pretty pretty interesting. Did they show you happiness? They did not. Night? I did. I did eat a uh, a slug though, and I took a picture of it just to prove to my kids. Look, I've eaten this. So it's like chewing on rubber. That's how was it? Was it? But did it taste good? <laughs> it, was, though? it was not great. No. Wait, you're good. being serious? You actually fucking ate a slug? Did it just need, did it need better yeah. seasoning or something? Like what was? No, it's, it was it was like like picture a mushroom, which I hate mushrooms. So that was the first problem. Uh, it was like a chewy mushroom. I was like, yeah, no, I, I, this that's cool. Was it still alive? Oh. Did it squish in your mouth? Disappointed. <laughs> no, it was any, chewy. Like, it was right, like rubbery was, chewing. Clearly, we've identified the problem here. It needs to be alive. <laughs> needs to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> needs to be alive. Don't have any uh, french fries before because, you know, slug, salt. Because, <laughs> you know, in this movie, he, he bites into a giant slug in his premonition. Or in her premonition. Yeah. The flash forward montage. Yeah. Did that even happen, Pan? I don't think that was a slug. I think that was like a bow bow. It looked like a slug. Yeah, no. Yeah, it looked like a slug. It was it was something. Anybody got anything else? I'm going to take that as nobody's got anything else. All right, so we're at ratings. Who's going first? I'll go first. I think you uh, should. Insert a little positivity into this crowd of half the people who watched it were just in a bad mood when they started watching it. <laughs> Still searching for that happiness, Grigsy. Oh, uh, <laughs> fuck you. This movie was supposed to help. <laughs> Well, all the negativity notwithstanding, I really enjoyed this movie. Maybe because I can relate to the character a little bit more than I, you know, would necessarily normally admit to. I have definitely experienced life being somewhat numb and trying to shake yourself up and 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 find uh, what it's like to just feel something and be in love with living. Um, and so, from that perspective, watching this movie 
for like the fourth time, I was like, yeah, no, this this still still resonates with some of the experiences that I've had in my life. Yeah, there's some plot holes in the movie and watching it for the fourth time, I'm like, uh, they don't really handle Rosalind Pike's character very well. Um, the, the writing definitely relies on archetypes for most of the female characters in this film. Um, and they rely on it to the point of they're a little bit more stereotypical than they are archetypal. Um, is that right? Is that the word? Archetypal? Archetypes. But that being said, like I, I really enjoy this this journey that that Hector goes on um, to find what he likes about himself and what he likes about the world, and 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 I I think overall it it works as an emotional story to me. I really love all the cinematography in this. Like there's some really really great shots. Um, some of it is a little bit low budgety, like the specifically the Shanghai montage stands out the most of like, ah, why is it like you can't kick your shutter speed up a little bit? Like this looks so DSLR. Um, but for the most part, some of the shots in this are, are actually really, really pretty. Um, I really enjoy the the jumping back and forth between handheld uh, on some of the some of the conversations, especially with Gene Reno in, in the, the bar in Africa. Easy rig. Um, Man, it like it, it, it. There's the camera does a lot in this film, um, and I mean it needs to, but it definitely is helpful. Yeah. So the uh, we didn't really talk about the music very much, but some of it works pretty well. Um, some of the songs are, are are pretty legit. I enjoy them. Other parts of the the score is definitely like a, we're going to tell you what to feel right now, um, and that felt a little bit more obvious watching it this time around. I kind of noticed some of those standout moments where they're like, Ooh, this is an emotional moment. So you should hear it. Boom, boom, boom. And like, yeah, okay. It doesn't need to be quite that on the nose. Um, but the director did talk about in the commentary that, that his, his composer was a first time composer and never done anything for film before. So you can be forgiving, but you can also recognize that there's tons of other people who have written for film and maybe you should have gotten a different composer, you know, or worked with two or three composers. Yes, overall, overall, there's issues with it, but I, I still, uh, I still really enjoy the journey that this takes me on. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Seven point five. Nice. On the soundtrack, it, it does actually have uh, listed um, two different composers. Oh, does it? Yeah. Um, uh, I was looking up. Uh, hold on. I don't know if IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. Yeah, they have uh, Dan McGannon and uh, Jesse. Zubot, Z U B O T, whatever. I don't know. I'm not gonna even. I'm gonna just butcher it. You get the idea. Zubo, interesting. <laughs> what What did you say about my bow? How dare you, sir? I don't like that kind of slander. We bought a Zubo. Um. All right. Seven point five. Who's going next? All right, so uh, since uh, Jared just shook his head and uh, Kristen is still in the uh, laid-back position, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be real brief. Um, I did not care much for the writing of this. I didn't care much for the direction of this. Uh, I thought the cinematography was really nice. I thought the production design, considering what they were having to go through and fake, um, I thought it was, was was pretty on point for the most part. The film just uh, it shows of low budget uh, in in the in the bad ways of, of feeling low budget, not in in the respectable like I want to know how they did that kind of way. 
everything feels like it's rushed and takes forever. And it's just the pacing is messed up, and I, I feel so sorry for this. I feel sorry for the editor, and I feel really bad for the cinematographer, too. Because the cinematographer did a really, really amazing job. And it's just it's a shame that they, they, they weren't given the chance to get, to get more footage to make, to make this thing really sing. I don't know. Man, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the problem's complete with the script and it, and it couldn't have sung. So, I, yeah, I guess the big thing is, like, I just can't emotionally connect. I don't really like Hector. He just he, he gets on my nerves. Just don't like him as a character. I don't think he should find happiness. I kind of just watch this movie. I'm just like, you know, fuck this guy. You know, he's just kind of a dick. I just I don't really <laughs> like him. And uh, I, I kind of wish he died in that fucking prison with that really shitty scene where they were doing that montage where they were showing those fucking the overlays God, over his body. Damn, where bro, he was like, that, where that he's like seeing, projector. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Filmmakers, that's music video shit. Don't put that in your movie. Go fuck yourself. If you're doing a drug Wait, sequence, was, was that a projector? Well, yeah, they were projectors. Was that definitely overlay. a projector? Yeah, they, yeah, it's definitely a projector. Yeah, you can see the shadow. Yeah, I, I assumed it was a projector over like actual. Uh, you're talking uh, when you say overlay, you're talking about a post production. Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely there. Okay, cool. There's, Wait, that that's even cooler, Brian. Oh, it's so awesome. It's still a shitty idea. I just don't <laughs> care. That's just like fucking music video dumb idea that doesn't belong in film. Like, I mean, I guess it does belong in film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In a Panic moment. Room, bro. I didn't. There's music video shit in there. Okay. And you were like praising it. Yeah, you know why? Because that's fucking done. And, and we're telling a story, bro. And we're going with our themes and our emo- tone, 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 tone. This movie doesn't know the definition of fucking tone. You can't give me those visuals, and then at the same time, like I'm worried about Roseman Pike and her like dress, and he's like worried about some stupid shit in there. And then we're in Africa, and I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck about. You're fucking in Africa. You think I give a, a fuck about your fucking goddamn rich man white fucking problems? Go fuck yourself. Like, like, what? What stupid fucking filmmaker set this shit in 2014, bro? Like, God damn, whatever. I don't know. It's, why are you making me think about all this shit? It's just everything in this movie, every place he visits, and all the people he visits, just make him like me less. I, I like him less. This is a solid four point five. Did not enjoy it. Just as an audience, did not enjoy it. Cinematography, well done. Actors, I understand. You did the best you could with this material. But everybody else kind of dropped the ball. Who's going next? <laughs> Just Griggs is so deflated. <laughs> I'll go next. Nice. It's tough to follow. I, I want you to know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that was very impassioned, Ryan. Um, I saw this movie uh, a couple of years after it came out. And it was I, I was very into this genre of like finding your happiness because that was like it was there was like a year where I was like terribly depressed and like I didn't know how to fix my life kind of thing and so kind of like this guy in this movie I was like oh clearly I just I'm like not around the right people or not in the right career not in the right city and I need to find my happiness and so (laughs) uh, stupid as uh, you realize in this movie and you're like no bro you're like you're doing it all wrong Um, anyway the point is um, I what I watched this movie and I was like oh this is kind of stupid and um, I watched it again for this and I was like it's not as bad as I remembered um, but also the whole idea of it 
has there's so many there's so many issues which is such a shame because i feel like the acting is really great the costume is great the production design is great but it's like it doesn't know what it wants to be and the idea of like finding happiness like which the point of it is that you know you you don't it's experiencing life is how you find happiness and they don't even do that great of a job like making the ending clear um and as far as like you know yeah they they almost i i kind i totally forgot until you guys were talking about this like they kind of have it set up to be a fable and they almost want this whimsical approach to it but it it's not and actually i think the movie really succeeds when you're looking at kind of the gritty grittier parts of life or not even that but like like there's some moments where this movie really shines, you know, there, like there's a, some moments at the monastery. Um, and I, I guess this is all the cinematography, but like where you see all the, the flags and the, the mountains and, and it's just like breathtaking and that's beautiful. And then like, there are some scenes like in Africa where like, you know, uh, the family is like dancing or, or like, even when he's just like, kind of like in the jail, not the projector part, but like, you know, when he's like there, like in the jail and like, trying to figure out his life like there's there's some beautiful moments in this movie and i don't know happened because this could have been so brilliant and it's i I think that's almost why it makes me it makes me so much more upset because like it could it's so close it could have done something and for some reason it didn't. And I don't know if that's like one person's fault or if it's probably a lot of people's fault. I, I mean, I don't know, but um, I think that's probably why I'm going to rate it a little more harshly than I would otherwise, because it's so close, but so far there's, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that's good there. And so I, I, I'm going to give it like a solid five, I think just because uh, it's just, there's yeah like what it does really really well is is the the production design the costumes the acting but then you have like the script and (laughs) it's like and and you yeah there there's no consistent tone throughout i just mm, it's really disappointing it's very disappointing that's because it could have been so good it could have been so good. There's so much to work with. So yeah, I have to give it, I think I'm gonna give it a five. Redeem my feelings, Jared. Come I, on. I, <laughs> I love being a filmmaker. And I'm sure all of you do too. But sometimes when it's your job and it's something that you really are passionate about and, and that you tend to overanalyze, sometimes you judge too harshly and you don't just see a movie as a movie. Hold up, though. Uh, before you go on this rant, I do want to say the Metascore <laughs> is 29%. And the Will you let me get there? I'm going to bring that up in about five fucking seconds. Let me fucking talk. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'm getting there, Brian. You don't think I was going to bring that up? <laughs> Take me there, Jared. I saw this movie probably about a year or so after it came out. And um, I remember enjoying it. Uh, I don't know if it's because I like Simon Pegg. Uh, but I, I just remember it being a fun movie. I forgot about it. You know, it, it was something that I watched and I completely forgot about until Griggs brought it up. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, you know, after I started watching, it, I was like, wait, I have seen this fucking movie. 
but I, but I didn't really remember much about it. Um, but this time around, I, I, I did enjoy it. But I, I, I think I probably enjoyed it more for the camera stuff than I did the movie. But I also still found it fun. And I didn't... Uh, <laughs> been very busy lately, so I didn't get a chance to like really study it like, like I normally would. So I just kind of watched it. Normally on this thing, we try, I, I, at least for me, I try to watch the movie and try not to overanalyze it and then watch it again to like try to tear it apart. So maybe that kind of helped me with this one. But I, I find the movie very fun. Uh, I, I think it's very funny. Uh, I don't think it's something I'd, I'd watch a lot, but like I think it's a cool movie that you can pull out. I mean, uh, but like I was saying a minute ago, I said, you know, there's something about something about our job and about what we do makes us really like overanalyze things sometimes. And, and uh, you know, I, I think this movie is, is a good movie. And I think it's I think it's 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 worth watching. But like as we talked about it today, I started seeing its flaws, which I wasn't really noticing when I watched it. Uh, which is interesting. And then I, so I decided to look up, I always try to do this uh, to see how I, how I land with the critics and stuff like that. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 38% tomato meter, which is falling in line with uh, Brian. And, uh, but then the audience score brings it up to a 61, which it's, it's, it's weird how the, you know, if you, if you really analyze it, then <laughs> you see the flaws and, and everything. But like, you know, if you just let it wash over you, it could be pretty good. Uh, I bring this one in at about a seven. The exact opposite uh, Rotten Tomatoes meter uh, problem uh, from, from Babe, right? Like Babe. What, what was what was Babe's? Uh, it was a thirty percent difference. I think uh, Babe was oh, like ninety. It was the other way. Yeah, critics, and then like sixty something audience. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's weird, right? It's because everyone sees happiness in a different way. <laughs> what does happiness mean to you, Brian? You know, I don't know. I just want I just want to write this director like an email and just be like. <laughs> Pretty Woman was more a fable than your movie ever was. The end. Brian, Brian. If, and if that you, email would uh, not be wrong. He couldn't argue with me. <laughs> like, it's, Brian, it's if you the could end. tell Peter Chelsea anything right now, already, what would it be? I, already, already told I, know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anybody got anything else? And with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew, crew spelled C R E W E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Crew is spelled correctly there. Jared, <laughs> let's make this as complicated as we can, Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Where can they follow you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Check the Gay, on Twitter at Jerry B. Callen, and on Apple Podcasts with Torah Stories. Hey, Grigsy, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Grigsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Christian, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And uh, Grigsy, uh... Do, do you have a favorite track here that we that, that we should close out with tonight? Oh, dip. Oh, dip. Um, to put a little bit of positivity back into the end of this podcast, we're going to close out the night with the song Jude in the Mountains by Dan Magan and Jesse Zubat.
So much for bones to pick So much for fear So much to fill you in Now that Say